there it is. The greatest advance in television since color television itself. Okay, boys, here we go. up everybody and welcome back to not a bomb podcast watches cowboy bebop episode number three i am your host brad anderson and with me as always is hater of everything spoilers troy sour troy how are you sir i am great and can we just get out spoiler alert spoiler alert brad is going to spoil both episodes we talk about tonight so just if anybody is like hey this is one of those shows where i get to hear thoughts and what they think about, you know, the film or TV show, but they're not going to No, we're going to spoil the crap out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and with us also is the man who was always on teat. That is Sammy from the <laughs> gentleman's guide to midnight cinema. Did I say teat? Right. Yes. Sammy. You yes you okay, did. Good. Yes, good. You did. Very good. Hello. I wanted, I wanted to say something teat. about, I wanted to say something about roast beef, but I, I didn't know how to work it in. So teat was my next, my next thing. So Teat teats and roast beef. It's a, it's a great meal. It's it's a it's a common denominator for the GGTMC. So <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, so I, wait, so Todd had never eaten a roast beef sandwich. Is that how that started? No, no, what? no, uh, no. So the the story is well. First of all, the story is if you ever see Body Rock, it's the most non sequitur line of maybe of any movie ever made. Yeah. Um. So you'd have to see that to know that. Um, but, but I thought he said, I thought there was some sort of revelation about a that's, sandwich. That's there, there, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was a sandwich revelation okay. on the GGTMC as there usually is, okay. uh, because we do love sandwiches. Uh, but Todd has never had pastrami. Oh, okay. Yes. That's what it was. And it turned into a, quite the debacle because everybody was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you really got the internet buzzed that day. <laughs> Yeah. When when yeah. half we of went viral, I mean, yeah, this this is an entire like cult movie podcast, and yet everybody, uh, especially on the Facebook pages and everybody else, it just became Sandwich Day, which I was excited about, and I weighed in on. But uh, okay, so I have to know, Troy, what's your favorite sandwich? Oh, it is the pit turkey from Chaps in in Baltimore. And That's Sammy, very I, I okay, yeah, when you when you came here, Sammy, I, I took you to Chaps, and I and we got. We got you to experience the Raven, which is like yep. the pit sausage, the pit turkey, the pit beef, the corned beef, all in all in one sandwich. It was decadent and delicious. Yeah. Yes. Sammy, do you have a favorite sandwich? Uh, my go-to typically is a, is a Reuben. I like a Reuben. Uh, big fan of a Reuben. Corned beef, sauerkraut, Thousand Island dressing on marble rye. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> what about you, Brad? I, you know, call me old-fashioned, but I like a good club sandwich. Can't go wrong on sourdough. I, I specifically on sourdough. Now, if we're talking the greatest sandwich ever made, it is a grilled cheese sandwich, Texas toast, American cheese, lightly buttered. That's it. Okay. Don't mess I, it up. I, Don't add bacon, basil, all that other crap. Just a traditional grilled cheese sandwich, Texas toast, two slices of American cheese, lightly buttered. It's a hamburger or a sandwich. What? 
Is a hamburger a sandwich? Well, the so another Sammy, sandwich. Another Sammy <laughs> story of visiting in Baltimore. He had it, it. What was that burger called? The A bomb. It's called yeah. It's called the A bomb. Yes. yes. So it was uh, two grilled cheese sandwiches as buns with the burger and everything else in between. Yeah. And it was great. It was what's, great. That li- what's that line in Tommy Boy? I can hear you getting fatter. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it was probably a 2,900 to 3,500 calorie sandwich. Yes. Nice. Then nice. you throw on the duck fat fries, which are the most amazing food thing ever invented. It, <laughs> pure ecstasy. It was amazing. Yeah, that's like a 6,000 calorie <laughs> meal. But anyway, yeah. Sammy's still here with us, thank God. And uh, we are here to talk about um, episode five and six of Cowboy Bebop. Um, that would be Ballad of Fallen Angels and Sympathy for the Devil. Um, before we get into that, guys, did you see the news about the live action Cowboy Bebop dropping in November? Yes, the live action screenshots that they took. I am pretty pumped. I am very pumped. I John Cho is, I think, pretty perfect. Um <clears throat> I've, I've forgotten this, but they announced this show three years ago. Um, Didn't he get hurt during filming? He got or something? hurt. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a while and plus COVID because um, it wrapped in March of 20, well, 2021. So it's, yeah. So it'll be, you know, eight months out since it wrapped. Um, Sammy, did you get a chance to look at those stills? Yeah, I did. Actually, my son uh, sent them to me too because he knows I'm doing this little podcast on the side. So uh, it, it, it looks interesting and and, and uh, i'm curious how they will approach it so is it is it a is it a series or is it a film it's a series okay okay i'm i'm very interested i'm very interested and i even chimed in on facebook and said you know maybe we talk about this as well yes I'm, we have to we'll yeah yeah i think because it's literally our our this will end in like a few weeks later that'll start so once we do the film we'll have to roll right into it so um Okay, let's get into episode five, Ballad of Fallen Angels. Um, I, I, I've been dying to talk about this for days. So, yes, please. Okay. Please. Um, I, I will first start off and just say, if you've ever seen a John Woo film, you know Ballad of Fallen Angels. So, um, oh, here we go. Yes. Uh, I, I, and I found these, I found these synopsis, synopses, um, and I, I liked them, so I'm just going to read them. It says, Spike's past emerges to haunt him when a... 28 million Wulong bounty is placed on Mal Rin Yin Ray, sorry, the cry boss of the Red Dragons. Faye goes after the bounty and is captured by a cold hearted man named Vicious. Against Jet's will, Spike leaves to go after the, mur- the murderer and face off against Vicious. So that is our setup for this episode. Straight up, Troy, what did you think of this episode? Okay, so. If John Woo and Dario yes. Argento had a baby, I'm off. I'm with you halfway through that. You would okay. get this episode. It is my favorite thing my eyeballs have seen this summer, hands down. I absolutely adore this thing. It's interesting. Maybe a mix. This is a slight uh, pinch or a or a dash. Of uh, whoever created Final Fantasy, John Woo, Dario Argento, and a little bit of Final Fantasy. A little That's bit. That's animation. Yeah, I. I but that swords the, and things like that. Yeah, it just struck me that um, this episode visually probably had the biggest wow factor for me. 
at least from a visual perspective. And specifically the thing that just got burned into my, you know, brain was the stained glass scene when Spike is on the floor and Vicious is standing over him. Yes. But, you know, yep. you, you've got these set pieces with the opera and some of the horror elements and the flashback sequences, which were right out of it. I swear it was just right out of the giallo. Um, but you, you've got some of the best action set pieces. <clears throat> I think that you can put in animation. Heck, some of the stuff that happens like rivals what you would see in just traditional action films. Um, but I, I immediately texted both of you after I saw episode five, cause it, it was one of those I went back and, and watched a couple of times. I yeah. fell in love. This, this was the thing that solidified to me that this series is easily in top 10 series I've ever seen of live action, anime, anything. I, I instantly, I was really, really liking this series, but when you get to episode five, from a visual perspective, it was thrilling. But what I love about it is the balance of, um, I guess, current timeline storytelling, and then the flashbacks, which give you a little bit of what's going on with Spike in his past history. And um, I have some questions, and I'm sure we can get to that a little bit later, because we're just talking about first impressions, right? But holy shit, wow, just wow. (laughs) Absolutely love this thing. So if I would have told you after episode one that episode one would have been the third best episode you'd have seen out of the, the first five, would you have said you're crazy? It was the th- uh, well, if I were to rank, was, if I were to rank him right now, five, four, one, five, four, one. Um, yeah. God, I don't know, because I really love six. Six is well, good. we're not on six yet. I know. Yeah. We'll have to talk okay. about this. <laughs> yeah. Five, okay. So five four one. Actually, I would go. F- uh, I'd go five four one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the order. And yeah, and you would be like, wow. That's if if after watching the first episode, you're like, out of the first five episodes, this is the third best one. I'm in for a treat. Um, I, I'm with you, Troy. I love this episode. The shootout at the church is one of the best set pieces you will ever see in anything, any medium at all. It is breathtaking. Uh, the vicious spike fight um, is phonetic, uh, but it also has moments where they kind of develop characters. And it's very, you're saying like that, that whole church thing is very like sympathy of the night, um, the Castlevania game and it, the music, uh, I mean, they have Ave Maria in this too, which, you know, if you have Ave Maria in anything, I'm, hooked um that opera opera set piece is really good um you know we get our Faye who is half dressed throughout this whole uh episode and even goes on into six yeah yeah i i love this episode this is we say this like every time we record but it's like if you want to get someone into this show i think you show say here here's here's episode five um this is going to be one of the best 24 minutes of television you'll ever see in your entire life. I literally think this episode might be one of my favorite 24 minutes of TV I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, it, it didn't feel like 24 minutes. Honestly, it felt like 10 minutes. It moves yeah. like a bullet. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. And it, it, even it starts out, you know, you got the two syndicate guys. Um, then there's the explosion and then you get like an introduction to vicious and you're like, okay, this is, this is one of the guys I want to see fleshed out. I want him to be the big bad. I want to see where this goes. 
Um, and he is a menace throughout this episode, always lurking. It is great, but you also get the stuff with Spike's backstory and you're, you're, you're kind of filling in those gaps with those flashbacks. Um, we meet Annie um, at her store after the kids steal the porno magazine, um, which she's nude on the actual magazine in this one. But on Cartoon Network, I remember her wearing a bra. So, um, you know, if you watch it on Blu-ray, you get a little a little bit. Um, snappy, you know, mem- snappy memory there, Brad. Yeah, you know, I, re- <laughs> I remember things like that. Um, you know, you got a little bit of uh, what's that movie? Marathon Man with the. Um, with the opera stuff, um, was it uh, Roy Schneider when he uh, enters in the? Do you all remember Marathon Man? At is all? that the Dustin Hoffman film? I think so. Yeah, but I'm drawing, um, I'm drawing a blank on the opera stuff because all I ever remember from Marathon Man is is it safe? The, yeah, the <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. The, den, the dental scene. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, and then you get like the cathedral stuff is straight like the killer, like it's John Woo killer pretty i mean they're they're definitely playing homage to that you either get like a better tomorrow as well the second one i think um so yeah this episode spot on spot on for me Mm. sammy uh no i love don't fail don't fail the don't fail it don't fail it (laughs) i swear i I love you if you say anything negative (laughs) i'm not gonna say anything negative i love the episode i really did i don't know if i loved it more than four but i did love it I don't, I'm, I'm still, it's still, I mean, they, they both are great to me, but there is that fetishization, well, that's a big word, wow, uh, of violence here that is kind of synonymous with kind of Asian cinema and John Woo, slow motion and things moving ever so great. I mean, none of it makes any sense in the real world, right? But that's what we love. We love all that uh, fetish-like violence. Um, and the music mixed with that and the blood and the gore, it's just, it's great. I mean, I just sat there with a smile on my face, the uh, most of the time. And I understood because Troy had watched this before. Well, obviously Brad had seen it before, but Troy had watched this before we did this week. And he had quietly, uh, mentioned that he liked it in text form. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I was quiet about it. There is yeah. a lot of expl- what what yeah. sentence enhancers within my text. I, yeah, I don't think sentences are allowed to have three wows. Oh, okay, all right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but the, but I knew then I was like, okay, well, I'm obviously in for something. So, I mean, I'm not torn completely. I think this is my favorite so far. I still like four a lot, um, but I but I've not disliked any episode of the show, and. It's still that mix of little comedy bits. There's a little bit of that here with Spike and uh, Jet Black again at the beginning, and how they and I like how they kind of get into it a little bit here. They don't always see eye to eye on certain yeah, things. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. if you think about it though, if you're if we all as friendly as we are together, if we're on a spaceship together, yes, all the time. <laughs> at some point, there's going to be some tension, and Spike and, and Jet in this episode have tension, and it feels earned, and it feels real, and um, it has a payoff. It, it it definitely helps kind of build their relationship um, because real relationships have tension. It's well, pretty, you could be best friends and you have tension. It has an unsettled payoff, which I love. It's the whole um, Jet is asking him, what is the fascination with this particular bounty? And Spike is being very mysterious and elusive to the point where Spike in turn kind of 
takes the focus and puts it on Jet. And it's like, I'll tell you this, if you tell me about that arm and then all of a sudden Jet is like, well, I'm, I'm not giving that up. And I love that sort of push and pull between them because I feel like that's exactly how it would play out in real life. Yeah. Like I, I figure, I, I think that sequence or that exchange is the most realistic exchange in this entire series so far. I know it's five episodes in because it, you're so, I don't know, connected to those characters. And as it plays out, it, it plays out exactly as a conversation that you would have in the heat of the moment with like one of your best friends or something of that nature. Yeah. Plus I think there's an angle to it of almost a big brother relationship too, or yeah. maybe even a father figure. In yeah. Some father. Way. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly there. They, you know, they're friendly. They work together. They have to spend all their time together. So occasionally, you know, the older man might try to assert what makes more sense because that's what older people do. You'll hear me and Troy try to do that to Brad sometimes, I guess. <laughs> You're so, both of you are so wise. Oh, yeah. That's us. I, I, don't, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, Sammy's no. wise, not me. I wasn't I, like, I'm not wise. I know I'm not wise. I'm the dumb one. I think I always assumed that Spike knew about Jet's arm just be, you know, from their past, like they knew yeah. all, all about each other. But then when he asked that question, you realize, oh, maybe they don't know everything about each other. Like yeah. I just assumed. Everybody's well, got adds, secrets, man. That, add, that adds a layer to the show. Yeah. Because now you as an audience member are unsure of their relationship as well. And Spike kind of rebels. And uh, that kind of gives us an, a nice little, just a nice little twist on the, uh, what's going on. And but we still see that Jet Black cares about Spike, uh, maybe more than and I don't know about ma- more than a friendly way. I say that it sounds bizarre, but it, it isn't like that. But maybe certainly in a in a fatherly way, he definitely wants to protect Spike from things. He doesn't want him to go out and do something that he thinks has there's no winning in this scenario, in his opinion. Well, he even tells him he's walking into a trap going to get Faye back in, in, in meeting with vicious. Like he's saying, you're walking into a trap. Yeah. Um, And Faye's character is basically there to set the trap up, but she's also our character that is reckless, right? She's our most reckless character. And uh, even though she's settled in with these guys and she even makes kind of fun of the small door and everything else, which gives us an excuse to have her bend over and, Give us cleavage and all that. She's kind literally of naked almost this entire episode. She's like, in handcuffs is, again. Yeah, yes, she ends up in handcuffs again. I made a note uh, of that. I, but <laughs> that, dre- say, that dress is not hiding anything. But I'll say this: this episode is so good in terms of its content with everything else. That stuff would usually bother me, but it just—it's so much yeah. in the background. Yeah, and I don't know. It's—it's um, it, it's it's not as thick as it was in four. It's not as well. Well, it's uh, that it's, dress and stuff, man. It's weird yeah. to say that that dress is is subtle compared to what's going on, but it kind of is in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like yeah. when I when I sit back and think about this episode, I do not even remember nor think about anything of Faye um, outside of that one sequence where somebody has a gun to her head and it's that whole like drop your gun, et cetera. And he's just like. Bam, he shoots the guy. Like, there's no hesitation. He's not playing yeah. this game. I love that. So, yeah. Uh, she has a very memorable moment to me in this, though, in that opera box. I love that kind of slow pan. She's looking over to see the character that has been, well, 
Maybe I won't say anything. I don't want to yeah. spoil it. He got executed <laughs> in the first couple of minutes of the show. Yes. But I like that kind of slow pan. And I like that cutting because they're using film cutting in an animated, you know, because you're, you're getting that, you know, I'm doing it with my hands here, guys. Yeah. You guys that don't. Oh, <laughs> I can see it. It's really good. Us. <laughs> I'm showing how it's done with my hands. I love you're it. Welcome. I love it. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like this, this episode is very cinematic in the way it's cut together. Um, if you really wanted to, like you could stretch this out and make a killer, like 90 minute movie. It's got everything. This, this one has everything. And the action in this one is, is ramped up. That shootout is so good. Yes. So good. Um, you know, when we say John Woo, like it is John Woo, like straight up, it is not hiding its references at all. I, and I'll be honest, I never thought, um, because you get that action sequence and then you get these flashbacks and I immediately, and I, I know you're not an Argento fan, Brad, that that's your one like weakness, but I, I guess this question is more for Sammy. I was getting these deep red vibes from the flashback sequences because how he's telling about this other um, encounter and with vicious and everything else and you get um, talking about and then the mysterious woman that's the in mysterious there as well. woman you get this yep. imagery that pops up and you're in it's really cryptic you're 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 really trying to dissect like what happened in that instance where spike ends up mortally wounded and him kind of being saved by another girl i i just got this whole argento deep red vibe through that whole sequence because yeah. of how they handled it yeah, no, it, it felt very Italian. Yeah. Certainly, you know, that that era of Italian filmmaker, it definitely felt that way. Late 60s, early 70s, certainly felt that way. And I got I got a little bit of those vibes. Maybe not as much as I certainly got the woo. I mean, I mean, that was. Oh, that's, yeah, that's predominant. But the, yeah. I guess that's why I've loved about this is when we talk about the influences that this show is borrowing from and kind of putting in there. I would have never, like, if you had told me, you know, Robert Rodriguez, they're borrowing from this, John Woo, et cetera, great. I would have never even imagined somebody taking, like, Hong Kong cinema with an Italian giallo cinema and try to put those together. Yeah. That's freaking brilliant, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, I don't know how you could pull it off unless you did it in animation, really, because... I don't know if, in, I mean, maybe, maybe it could be pulled off in a real film. I guess people have pulled it off. I mean, Kill Bill arguably is a mix of Italian cinema and uh, Asian cinema and American action cinema. I mean, so that's about as close as I think you can come to it. I guess Rodriguez does it too, but. Well, I, I would love to see Edgar, you know, give somebody like Edgar Wright and just say, make this film. I know he's got his sort of Italian uh, what is it? Last night in Soho, Soho, Soho yeah. coming out. So yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm so excited about that film. But yeah, I just I never knew I wanted something until I saw it. And now that I've seen this episode, I'm like, man, I want somebody talented to come along and merge those two genres together. Like I need that. Yeah. As bad as I want a grilled cheese sandwich right now. Yeah, well, it's it's like that A bomb burger. I never know. I, I never knew I wanted a third pound <laughs> patty in between two grilled cheese sandwiches <laughs> until you had it, and then you're like, "Who? Oh, yeah, that's amazing." We exactly. also get like the uh, allusions back to that rose from the first episode. We see that rose again, laying in the puddle, 
um, we're kind of starting to to stitch some things together and, and we're see spike in in vicious uh, back to back at a moment. So, you know, maybe at, at one point in time they've worked together and there's a mysterious woman. So I won't say anything else, but you know, all this stuff is starting to kind of slowly come to the surface and we learn more and more about spike um, as each episode goes along. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you, I'm so excited about this episode for the simple fact that, most of the TV that you watch today is all expository. It's just, I'm going to tell you stuff. And here, as the main character, I'm going to go to the expository character. And then I'm going to this character, and they're going to tell you stuff. And everywhere they go, the the whole plot is contingent on having a character tell you something. And I I love this series so far, especially this episode. Because it's yeah. so freaking refreshing to actually watch something and actually have to use your brain and sort of take it apart and put it together. And they're showing you Spike's past and you have to figure it out. I mean, my God, that I, I guess I'm more affected by this episode for the simple fact that I'm watching some of the Marvel series like Loki and stuff like that. And the, the thing that bothered me was just all the, well, we're going to tell you what's going on here. We got to set up the rules. And yeah. I, I'm really enjoying this series because it's it's showing me more um, and I'm finding out more about relationships and and story and history and character development because of what they're presenting versus what they're telling me. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we, we talked about this back on the first episode, the negative impact sometimes of binge watching. Mm-hmm. I think one of the great things about, again, the way we're doing this is... Um, it's giving me time to let it breathe, like all those images yeah, yeah. and stuff. And I'm putting stuff together. I have, still have no idea where the story's going to go. And I'm thankful for that. If I binge watch it, that's great too, I guess. But I mean, then I would just know everything like in one day. And I don't know if I, I don't, I like to live with something for a little while. Yeah. So I, I, I watched those the episodes last night and then today I had an hour. I was like, well, I'm just going to watch them again. So I ended up just <laughs> watching them again today. And it's, yeah. I, I could watch, I could watch episode five literally every day. Um, it's that good. Um, any final thoughts on this one before we move to uh, Sympathy for the Devil? I literally, after it was over, just did a slow clap. Like I, I felt like if I turned the series off right now, I would have been amazing. So I know we talked about episode four and it just gave me this. I, I don't know, just desire to like, all of a sudden I wanted to binge watch, binge watch the whole thing. But after watching episode five, I wanted to kind of just take a step back for a minute and bathe in that one. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything more to add. Uh, it was, and is as so far, one of the best episodes of the show. Again, don't know if I can astutely say it's better than four, but I love four and five so much. I mean, oh, yeah. those two episodes <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Are great. I mean, some of the best Japan Japan animation I've seen is in those two. Is in that 40 minutes. 100% agree. Yep. Yep. Um, okay, let's move on to episode six, which is "Sympathy for the Devil." Um, here's the synopsis: Jed and Spike are out chasing their next bounty named Giraffe. Giraffe is a man. <laughs> uh, when Spike is following Zebra, Giraffe's old comrade. He meets a boy named Wynn, a uh, musical child prodigy. 
Mm. When there is there is something strange about Wynn, Jet discovers that there's a connection between Wynn and a stone giraffe handed to Spike with his dying his last dying breath. This one again got a lot going on. And once again, <laughs> you're like, man, the show just keeps serving up classics after classics. Um, Sammy, I'll start with you this time. What are your initial thoughts on episode six? So this one's this one's fun. Uh, you know, we open with more mystery, more flashbacks. What I like about this episode. The eyeball. <laughs> the yeah. fish. What, yeah. what, what I like, yeah. What I like about this episode is this one is, is quite bonkers. Mm-hmm. It's a little... It's a little, uh, and, and in a good way, it's a little loopy. It's a little, uh, you know, uh, Asian fear of children. Uh, 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 children, well, obviously we find some things out, but children with guns. Uh, it, it just, it, it gets a little crazy. And also what I like about this one, um, so I'm not uh, as big a jazz guy as Troy, but I am a big blues guy. Uh, so this one's got a bit of a swampy kind of southern feel to it yeah. because of that harmonica soundtrack. So good, and, yeah, and it's really nice, and it gives it almost gives it almost like some noir, a little little, mm-hmm. yeah. little taste of noir. Yeah, and again, that that's what I'm coming to find with this show more than anything. This just feels like this this creative burst by this uh, creator who I don't have his name written down right now, but I've said it before that you know he's just able to get all these things out, these things that he loves. Um, and I think us as fans, we love that because, you know, we, we tend to love filmmakers like that. We tend to love writers like that. I mean, when I think about that, I mean, this guy is as similar to me as like a Stephen King or a Quentin Tarantino or a Martin Scorsese. I mean, that's what this is turning into for me. It's turned into that type of work, this almost referential love of media thrown into a science fiction bounty hunter Japanimation show. And this episode is the one where this is what I kind of expected from Cowboy Bebop. So this was the one. It didn't really surprise me, but I loved it for its 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 ability to just let it all hang out. It just was like, you know what? We got a character named Zebra. We got a guy named Giraffe. We got a kid with a gun. We got bullets that do all kinds of crazy things. It's it's a it's a madhouse of an episode, and I kind of like it for that. It's it's completely different than episode five, and I think that's refreshing too. Not that I couldn't have had more of that; I would have loved more of episode five. But again, I never know what I never know what I'm going into with the show, and I kind of like that. I'm not, I mean I'm not reading the synopsis synopses when I watch this or nothing. I'm checking in on IMDb because I keep track of stuff like that. I used to check in on Facebook. I still do sometimes on Instagram, but only movies really. But I never read the synopsis because I just like, I just want to let this thing hit me like I'm just discovering it. And uh, that's what's so great about this episode. And plus, it's a, there's just a little bit of metaphysical stuff going on in this episode. So I know if people are listening to this, they're probably like, hey, man, Sammy's smoking some dope, or maybe he watched <laughs> Dune, maybe he watched Dune twice a couple of weeks ago. But I mean, there's all kinds of wackiness and some, there's like there's some images in this. The image where that moon kind of crumbles in front of that planet, like I want that as a poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a warp gate explode. Yeah. Like that yeah. was from a warp gate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this is some great like old school kind of like hophead sci-fi elements here that I really liked. Seventy sci-fi type stuff. Like yeah, yeah. Like that. I 
I reminisce back to episode one where, you, you know, you have this kind of serious episode, you know, with drugs and, and then you kind of go to the next one. It's we're, we're trying to find this Corgi. And, and in this one, you know, yeah. you have episode five, very serious, very John Woo, very, you know, there's a lot of, you know, body count is really high. And then you come to this one and it's, again, it's, there's people dying and things like that, but you know, it's very wacky and, and kind of off the cuff and, it's a heavy shift from episode five, which again, I like because now, you know, episode seven, you're like, well, where do we go from here? That's all I ever, after every episode, I'm always like, where do we go from here? Um, right. And I even know where we're going, but still um, it, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of imagine what episode seven will be because it could be anything. Um, and, and this show will keep you on your toes. Um, a, it always has you wanting to find out more. Um, which is a great attribute for a show. Uh, you want to learn more about these characters. You want to know about Spike's history. Uh, now we have Vicious involved. You're like, I, I want to know about these people. Um, I like this episode quite a bit. Um, the end of it is very, for me, is very Akira. Yes, so I wrote that when, down. Akira. When the fire happens Akira. and the yeah. kid comes out of it, it's like, oh, that's Takashi. He's like, literally turns into Takashi, the Esper uh, from Akira. And, you know, <laughs> even the animation and how he looks, like he's very Takashi sort of looking. Um, right. And the music, that music is so Akira. Um, that always gets me. I'm like, and, and again, um, I don't know if you all know anything about this when it was originally aired, but this one was delayed because of September 11th in the United States. I think it was delayed like two or three weeks um, because of the imagery of the guy uh, falling out of the window of the, of the skyscraper. And then uh, they had a problem with kids and guns and getting shot. You know, imagine that. Um, huh. So <clears throat> this was one of the episodes that was heavily censored when it was shown in the United States. Um, yeah. You know, there's a kid. I, I, yes, it's a, it looks like a child, but he's not a child. Um, yeah. um, and, and well, I, you know, American censors, they don't think very highly. Of yeah. Them. There's, there's <laughs> no, yeah, there's no gray area. It's, is it, a, does it look like a kid? Does it have a gun? Okay. You can't have that. And, um, oh, he gets shot in the head. No, you can't do that. Um, so again, you know, you, you start thinking about where the show can go and your favorite episodes. You're like, I, I, you could make an argument for me that there's like four best episodes of this show. So, uh, and I'd listen to them and, and, and probably agree with you. So, um, again, this is one of those ones that I would tell people, Hey, like five, watch it. And then watch this one. And you kind of see how it swings. The pendulum goes back and forth and into wackiness and the seriousness and all this stuff. So Troy, what about, what about you? I know with, the music and stuff, you're already hooked. So, oh, go damn. Ahead. I, so, here's the thing. I, Sammy, you, when I listen to your podcast, and what one of the things I love about your podcast is in the intermission spots, we don't do that, but you will usually insert some piece of music. Sometimes it's relevant to the yeah. movie that you're talking about. Other times, I don't know what you're doing, but it's Spotify, awesome. Spotify loves that when you do that, too. The constant pull in my head to try to find a song is is one of the toughest things about doing a podcast. Yeah, but what I love... Sometimes I'll, I'll pick from the movie sometimes just to save me the work. Oh, well, I, I love the fact that you, and I know a few people like this, can sit there and you know have a collection of music 
doesn't matter if it's digital, physical, whatever. And you can play a song and then you can talk about a song and go, well, it was influenced by this song or it's this genre, et cetera. And you're music experts. And you do that with film too. I know that. And, and, I was witnessing you and Brad going back and forth during the Iron Giant episode. We're doing, you know, sci-fi elements and, you know, we're talking trivia facts, et cetera. Yeah. But here's the thing. The reason why I love movies and the reason why I love music is the feeling it gives you. And what really knocked my socks off about six was it solidified my love for this series six episodes in and brad how many more do we got like 20 something like that 20 there's 26 episodes okay so i got 20 more episodes in and at six episodes in i'm going holy cow i got some amazing blues music after tank i mean we can't talk enough of how good that intro song is yeah yeah but this whole series is jazz this, this is jazz through and through. And, and even in the intermission title card, if you pay close attention, there are some words there. And right in the middle, it says, you know, something to the effect that space opera. This isn't space. This opera, isn't this a is space jazz opera. opera. It's more like or a jazz or space jazz. Yeah, yeah space it's jazz. more like space jazz. And I got to tell you that the thing that I love about jazz and, and good jazz, and, and I can't sit here and, you know, say, well, let's talk about Charlie Parker or anything of that nature. I, I'm, I'm not one of those guys from movies or even music that are, are going to sort of inundate you with a ton of facts. Unless we're talking about Jackie Chan movies, that's different. <laughs> but when you're talking about music and the thing I love about jazz is when you sit back and you listen to it, you don't know where it's going. And it's always surprising you. And when I see that title card and I see that, hey, this isn't an opera. This is more like space jazz. The transition between five and six. um, Well, shoot, between one and two. All of these episodes, they're so good because it feels like a visual jazz piece. And you guys have said it. You never know where it's going. It's so entertaining. It's just always unique. And here's another case of a unique villain. I mean, if this scene has, if this uh, series has done anything in the first six episodes, it's presented unique villains in every episode, and uh, that which would all be worthy of like being the big bad in any series, but they're all just like kind of one offs for well, the show. I, yeah, absolutely. Marvel and DC couldn't even come up with as good of villains as what these um, folks are are kind of putting within the series and. Um, the elements of Akira, I love it. I, I love the fact that every series it's borrowing a little bit, something from another medium or even another piece of art, but it makes it its own. Right. Um, and I love the comedy. I love the fact that Faye right out of the gate, Faye is eating Ayn's dog food because she's delicate and refined <laughs> and she shouldn't have to find her own film or her own food. And, and I, I, and then they invoice her, they, and then they invoice. invoice her, but, um, Here's the thing. After I watch six, I immediately am kind of on Amazon and I'm going through and I'm like, oh, are there any Cowboy Bebop t-shirts and which ones do I like? So I'm to the point now with this series, I haven't even finished the damn thing. And I'm sitting there going, I want to buy like all the merchandise, buy the t-shirts, like let everybody know I love Cowboy. And and what sucks is everybody's going to go, oh, well, you're really excited about the Netflix or you decided by Netflix. And I, I, I am, but I, I don't know. This is, this is one of the things that 
I've run across, um, and I haven't done this in a long time where I want to just talk about this series and get everybody to watch it, but I haven't finished watching it yet. So I have no doubt, given what I've seen six episodes in, that the other 20 episodes are going to be amazing and it's going to be just visual jazz from here on out. But um, I am so, I, I mean, this is one of my favorite things I've seen in a long time. I love yeah. this thing. Yeah. It's certainly one of my favorite TV things I've seen in a long time. Yeah. No doubt about that. Um, I, you know, I watch a lot. I, I watch a lot of television. Uh, I don't watch it every day, but I'll pick a series and I'll grind through a season and then I'll move on to something else. That's kind of how I watch TV. I don't really have time to dedicate myself to a weekly thing or I used to, but you know, you got kids, you just can't do that. It's just right. Tough. Right. Right. So, you know, I'll pick something like, you know, I don't know, like Fargo on FX or something. And I'll watch a season of that. And then I'll move on to something else. And right now this is my thing. This is the thing I look, I love doing movies and on our podcast. And I love talking about movies. I love talking about movies with you guys. But right now I'm in a bit of a, I'm, I'm, I'm bebopping. <laughs> bebopping, scatting. <laughs> Bebop, scap, dap, loop, dap, bop, bop. Yeah. all over the place, like uh, like Frasier there, uh, and the, the uh, theme song that Troy and I like so much. Mm. Well, I mean this this series, it's <laughs> it's kind of got me to the point where it's like, well, maybe I like Japanimation. So, and and I told you guys the other day, I was just going across uh, after watching five and six. I'm like, well, well, maybe there's some other Japanimation I just don't know about. I mean, I, I love City Hunter. I love the Ghost in the Shell, the Akira, the Ninja Scroll, sort of, sort of the I don't know the heavy hitters. Yeah, but I'm sitting there, I'm going, well, I've 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 got to try something else. So I did a blind buy, and I bought Sword of the Stranger from 2007, mm-hmm. and oh my god, I loved it. It it was simply fantastic. Now, Joy likes anime. I, I'm sitting there going, maybe I like anime a little bit more than I think. Um, yeah. It's and, a revelation that I've come to a long time ago. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I like anime. It's, it's a this, curse. But is this, at, oh, what? This, was Brad's, this is Brad's plan all along, wasn't it? Yes. I guess so. But, but even <laughs> while I'm watching that film, as good as it is, and again, it was a total blind buy. I just saw it. And I'm like, oh, people are talking about this one. Never heard about it. I mean, it's it's not based on anything. So I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And I loved it. But even while I'm watching it, as soon as that was over, it was like, man, I really want to go back and watch episode five and six again because <laughs> Cowboy Bebop is that good. Yeah. 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 I almost watched five and six again before we did this and not because my memory shut because I just didn't have anything to do for an hour and I knew I could squeeze them both in again. <laughs> that is that is also a positive. you got 24 minutes um, if you really want to get down to it, it's like 21 because you can take out like a minute 30 of the intro music and the last two minutes of the outro plus w- what's coming next and you're good to go. So, um, you know, if you got 45 minutes, you can crush two of these episodes. Um, I, w- I do. Co- I can't comfortably say this is the sexiest dog food eating scene by a human being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love Ayn's reaction to the whole thing as he's watching this go down. Like, what yeah. the hell is she doing? Yeah, yeah. that whole opening, yeah, that whole opening sequence is just probably one of my favorite comedic bits that we've seen so far in yeah. the six episodes. Uh, I just didn't expect that to happen. And here's the thing, Faye. I I don't know what to think of her as a character just yet. But after episode six, what I like about her is she's constantly surprising me. 
Like mm-hmm. where she comes out on six, I just didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, she's an interesting character. She's, a, I don't think visceral is the right word. There's some word I'm looking for. She brings some type of, maybe sensuality is it. I'm, and I don't mean it in a, a, a porny way. I mean, Do it, not? you don't. <laughs> Well, I mean, there is continued sexualization of her character yes. here. There's no doubt about that. But she brings some type of, I don't know, some type of sensual something to the show. She has a um, personality. Yeah. I, she really does. And she has, I, I don't want to say quirkiness. I, I think it's really a style because yeah. how she just tries to match Spike and Jet and and sort of playing their league. And she does what I, what I love about her is she's coming into her own and she's becoming their equal. And, um, I, I don't know. It's to me, what I like about her character isn't the handcuffs and the short skirts and all that other stuff, but it's the fact that she is sort of carving out her niche within this group. Yeah. Yeah. She's almost the Daisy Duke of the, (laughs) Oh my God! That yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's a that's but that's a not an that's not an insult though. I mean, no, it's what, not because yeah. so you think about that show, that crappy TV show. Well, I always turn the TV when it, when it was Deuce of Hazard came on. I turned. I was like, yeah. you know what? No, no it, it's not a great. I mean, it, it's, it, the it's show a, meant something to our generation. Yeah, but it's if you go back and watch it, it's it's, it's a hard show to watch. Terrible. Yeah. For many reasons. First of all, it's just a bad show. Yeah, it's a no. It's you're right. It's a terribly like. Uh, it's it's, it's a bad a, show. It's a dumb show. <laughs> yeah. I tried. I remember when DVD first started releasing TV seasons. I'm like, oh, Dukes of Hazard's coming out. Oh, I went, I went to Walmart in the middle of the night and bought it. Put it in the first disc. Watched two episodes. Like that is the worst thing that's ever been made. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing. I, I I got so excited rewatching Dukes of Hazard. I'm like, holy cow! What was going on with me, man? It's terrible. What was go- what was going on with the world? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were- well, we just wanted to see cars go in the air. That's all yeah. it really was. And because that's our generation, our generation, definitely more, maybe more so than yours, Brad, is it's I, I come back to this on our show all the time. It's all about jumping cars. I mean, Smokey and the Bandit, the, you, yeah. you you wanted to relive the first time yeah. you saw Smokey and the Bandit with Dukes of Hazard, And yeah. it it basic. Oh, God, it was terrible. It was, my, gener- my generation was all about jumping buses that can't go less than 55 miles an hour. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Later on with the fall guy, which is equally a bad yeah. show. So. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> yes. However, I will watch the fall guy 10 times over than the Duke's hazard. Yeah. Both have great theme songs though. I don't know yes, the fall I, guy. What? You don't know the fall guy? No. Lee majors. Really? Okay. The stuntman bounty hunter show. Oh, okay. okay. Sounds amazing when you say it out loud. Like, yeah, that. it does. Drives a big truck. This was the era of uh, Bigfoot and monster trucks first hitting the scene. Um, yeah, it, Heather it, Thomas yeah. and Marky Post, who just passed away, I believe. Yeah, just just imagine if Hal Needham like did a side job of collecting, uh, you know, criminals. That's what you get with the Fall Guy. Yeah, and the oh. best eyebrow, <laughs> best eyebrow acting outside of the Rock. True. In oh, true. Yeah. So we'll, we'll drop that. Oh, no, okay, no. We're, sorry, sorry. We're, we're getting we off on a tangent here. It's all right. It's all right. Um, but Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop's amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Last, any last things we want to talk about episode six before we uh, wrap it up here? No, I don't have anything. I I, I love this episode. I, I I wouldn't put it. I think if I was to, if 
I was to rate them so far, I'd say four, five, one, six, three. But no, I, I like six more than one. It's, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's hard. It's hard. It is. And then, you know, next week I might like five more than four. So I I, I'm know. with you. I, I almost, We've already turned our key on five. You can't you can't go back. I, I feel like at this point, um, and I don't know how you guys think about this. I don't know if I can rank these. I can put these in tiers. So you can think of it as like, here's the top tier and here's the tier below it. Cause I don't want to say the bottom tier because tier one and tier two are both freaking amazing. It's just that the tier one episodes are the ones that I don't know. You're, you're going to go back and you're going to watch probably on their own and tier two, you're going to enjoy as you're going through the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And you know what? I might say, I don't know if there's any tier three episodes. There's in not. Series. I mean, of these, well, I don't know of the series, but of the ones we've seen so far, they're either tier one or tier two. Like everything we've seen so far, I can kind of go, these I will go back and watch because they had this wow factor. And then tier two, I would go back and watch because they're good and I would have fun with them. But none of this so far, I, I don't know. I'm just. I, I didn't think I would be a Cowboy Bebop fanboy after six episodes. That's ridiculous, man. I want a, well, ta- th- I want a tattoo of Ayn right now on my left butt cheek. Is that weird? No. 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 I'd pay for it. I'll pay for no. that. When I come to see you, I will pay for that. Yeah, I want I want an Ayn tattoo left butt cheek. Okay. It's not, it's not as weird as the Faye Valentine meat tenderizer. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Guys, that meat tenderizer from Amazon Suggestions was not... Not pleasant. I do it was not. A, it, was, I, it was suggestive, I, all right. <laughs> I don't want to see what you're buying so that Amazon would. Yeah, that's just. K- that, kitchen stuff, man. I was buying some I, You're not stuff. buying kitchen stuff if they're sending you like pornographic meat tenderizers and saying, hey, Brad, we think you should buy this and it's on sale. Look, Amazon is. They have just science. They have NASA scientists with these algorithms who look at your browsing history and your purchase history and they go based on this, if we put this in front of you, you're going to hit click to buy Brad. Did yeah. you buy that thing? I did. I did not. I, I, I almost I bought challenge. two no, to send them on to no, you. I, think, I almost bought them just to send them. To I you think guys. you bought it, Brad. I think you bought it and it's on its way. And I'm, and I'm sitting on it right now. <laughs> you're sitting on it right now. <laughs> okay. On that note, uh, for next week, we are watching episode seven, which is Heavy Metal Queen, and then episode eight, Waltz for Venus. Um, I got to admit, those two titles have got me really intrigued. Yeah, those are two polar opposites, especially. And what's got me intrigued is what kind of music is going to be in those? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that too. Yeah. Um, Sammy, why don't you give everyone the spiel on the GGTMC before we leave? All right. Yeah, you can find me uh, weekly over at the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Me and Todd. Oh, I thought I heard something. Me and Todd. <laughs> and uh, hopefully Will will be coming back soon to the show. For those who are longtime listeners, you guys know that I started the show with Will. He's just been very busy and doing things on his own. But you can find us at the ggtmc.blogspot.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. You can find us pretty much anywhere. Anchor.fm slash... GGTMC. Yeah, there you go. There. Yeah, and you can even send us voicemail if you like to do that. Well, we will interact with you. 
Sweet. Like that meat tenderizer. <laughs> no. All of we, you, you will not interact with anybody like that meat tenderizer. Okay. Let's just. The, uh, oh, boy. Sammy. We're putting, seriously. We got to, we got to post do, that picture. Don't say that on the internet. <laughs> I think you need to. I think we need to buy one, send it to Troy, and have no. him take a picture on the non oh, yes, background. Yes. No, we, yes. don't, we don't need to do any of that at all. Troy, between the, between the three of us, Troy, I think, is the meat guy. He's the meat. He's the meat. What? What? Oh Jesus! He's the meat man. He likes to smoke some meat. Meat man, Troy. Okay. Um, Internet. What about? I like. I like barbecue. I like sandwiches. I don't like what they're talking about. Okay. Uh, Troy, do you want to explain no. what our show is? <laughs> Well, Please, I, get I, us out of the beat tin conversation. I apologize if there was a Windows boom thing. That was me. Sorry about that. But uh, listen, if you want to hear, uh, I don't know, a great discussion about movies that bombed theatrically or critics just you know shredded to pieces, head over to notabombpodcast.com. We just finished a four-week sci-fi animation run. And Brad, I don't know about you, but uh, that that was a lot of fun. And what I really enjoy about movie podcasts is sort of discovering something that you saw for the first time, and all of a sudden you're like, "Wow, can't wait to watch that again!" Yeah. So we just finished last week with Treasure Planet, and I got to tell you, that kind of blew me away. And um, I watched it again today. So next week we get to talk about Korean action cinema, and we're going to talk about 2017's The Outlaws with Don Lee. I can't wait for that. It's going to be a I don't know, huge gathering of Korean action fans. But yeah, head on over, follow us on all the uh, social media outlets, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're pretty good about responding. I don't know. Yeah, we're pretty good. Yeah, we're pretty good. <laughs> Seriously? <Yep>. Seriously. <laughs> uh, so also, if you want to send us feedback for this show, if you have um, thoughts or um Anything about Cowboy Bebop, if you're looking forward to the live action, let us know. That's not a bomb podcast at not a bomb pod at gmail.com. Um, you can email us there. Um, you can go to again, the website. We have a we have a little link. Yeah, we have that a, you can, a contact us yeah. button on the website. It's yeah. real easy. A lot of times people do that. Uh, you guys are fancier ease. than we are. We've been doing it for 13 years. Uh, you know, know the tools fancy. are pretty easy now. Yeah. Any I'm, any any dumbass can build a website. I'm, I'm just so lazy. That's a problem. I'm probably should get I, I am curious. So I know I know we have a good listener base, especially in Sweden, New, New Zealand, and Germany. Um, as a result, oh, guten tag. Yeah, as a result of us starting this, not a bomb watches for Cowboy Bebop. I am curious if anybody is out there who is discovering this this the same way that uh, Sammy and I are. If you are. I would really love you to just write in or send us something that just says what first six episodes in, or I don't know if you binge watched it an entire day. Like, what are your thoughts? Cause I don't know about you, Sammy. I'm loving it. Like I said, I'm, I'm a fanboy now, yeah. Yeah. but no, I'm, I am. I'm curious if anybody else out there is, uh, is experiencing the same way we are. Yeah. My son and I are excited for the Netflix show. Uh, he doesn't really want to watch. This. I don't know why he doesn't really want to watch this. We're watching what if though. So, He's watching The Flash, too. He's really into The Flash right now. So. Oh, man, that, that show just craps the bat at season five, man. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, I'm, I, I've, I never got past season one. So oh, Anyway. Season, there's 10 seasons of The Flash? I don't uh, know. Did you I say just, season 10? 
No, I think it's still going, right? I don't think it's canceled. It's still yet, going. It? I I just I remember season that. four or five. I just stopped oh, watching. Okay. It was I thought you said season ten, and I oh, almost God, had a no. heart attack that they had ten seasons of the uh, Flash. Well, I think I think they're on eight. <sighs> yeah, I haven't I haven't watched. Isn't for a few there a years. character in the Flash called like Captain Cold or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! It's a DC character. Yeah. DC is so stupid. He's in uh, the <laughs> future thing too. Uh, Flash, uh, DC uh, future. And I'm joking. DC's not stupid. Yeah. Okay. The the other TV show you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Le- Legends the, is it Legends, Legends of, of Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Yeah, that one. Yeah, he's he was a. Well, no, he's out now. Look, I don't know what I'm talking about, dude. I no. nope. I watch Howard the Duck. Come on. <laughs> too many, Too much. You yeah. watch it too much. I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, join us next week for episode uh, seven, Heavy Metal Queen, and episode eight. Waltz for Venus. Thank you for joining us. Sammy, Troy, I appreciate it. Adios. See you.